In this podcast, I'm going to be revealing a mystery that is in Corinthians 11, 3 and 4, where it reads, I want you to realize that the head of every man is Christ. It goes on to verse 4, every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. What does that mean? You got to listen to this podcast to find out. Welcome to the Kindling Fire. My name is Troy Mangum. God is preaching a sermon to the world through people's lives. People's experience, history, and testimonies all point to some amazing attribute of God that you too can experience. I interview revolutionaries, fire starters, and troublemakers. This podcast is here to be a voice of encouragement in your life. A voice that says with God you can and with God you will step into the abundant life. So let's get rolling. Hey, welcome back to The Kindling Fire. Today, I'm going to be taking a page right out of the Wild at Heart podcast. And in that, uh, they basically sometimes read a chapter from a book, uh, particularly John Elder's books, but maybe Morgan Snyder's books. But today, I'm going to be reading a chapter out of my book, Fatherhood Faceplants. That was released over a year ago. And I was just thumbing through it the other day, and I thought, man, this is really going to help men. And the chapter's called Live Uncovered. And I started out the podcast talking to you guys about uh, 1 Corinthians 11.4, and I've read that scripture for literally 20 years, and I never knew what it meant to dishonor Christ by un- that you would pray or prophesy with your head covered. It's like, make sure you take off your hat or Christ is going to be dishonored. I-, I really think there was more to it, and that is why... I'm doing this show. I really want you guys to get the revelation that I got when I was reading some Old Testament scriptures, and I kind of detailed it in this chapter, so I want to share it with you. And I'm literally just going to read it. It's chapter 15 of Fatherhood Faceplants, and it's the chapter is called Live Uncovered, Dad Must Overcome Guilt to Engage. So, let's go ahead and get started. Closing the breach protects you and your family from frontal attacks from the world, the flesh, and the devil. But the enemy has more subtle attacks. There's nothing that will undermine a father more than dad guilt from face plants. I believe is the number one reason for male absenteeism and passivity in the family. The ever-present awareness, I screwed up. The longer it goes on, the deeper the gulf gets between a man and his children. Take my dad's awkward hug, for example. When he visited me in Portland, I needed his full presence and strength. The pressure was enormous, and I felt so unprepared. I barely knew how to keep my bills paid, let alone raise a healthy family. I knew why he was guilt-padding me. All the anger, all the physical abuse, and all the other crap. But I didn't need that. I needed an engaged, loving dad more than a guilty, unresolved, half-hearted father. And just side note, that was when I was 27, and that was my first year of marriage. If you want to know about that story, you got to read the book. A man who had made it, <clears throat> a man who had made it right with God, so that he could be strong and make it right with me. That's what I was looking for. A man that had made it right with God, so that he could be strong and make it right with me. Your kids need that same thing. The question is, how? Grab your cigar and come by the campfire. It's time for a lesson from the good old Bible. 
What I'm about to share will make the difference between you stepping into your full masculine self as a dad or you shrinking back into less. 1 Corinthians 11.4 says, Every man who prays or prophesies with his head covered dishonors his head. Right, before this verse, it clearly says the head of every man is Christ. So to pray or prophesy with your head covered dishonors God. That's pretty clear, right? What does praying with your head covered even mean? This verse has perplexed me for 20 years. I never heard about a sermon about it. I had no idea what it meant, but it seemed to be an important key for men to unlock something important in their lives. Overcome dad guilt. I was reading about David's life and a small detail about his physical appearance jumped out at me. He was the most famous king in the Bible and wrote the majority of the book of Psalms. I read David continued up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went. His head was covered. All the people with him covered their heads too, and they were weeping as they went up. 2 Samuel 15.30 So here is the sad scene. It will take a bit for me to set the stage. All of these stories can be found in 2 Samuel. King David, as a young man, loved God. God loved David and gave him a kingdom after many years of testing. God said, and if all this had been too little, I would have given you even more. 2 Samuel 12, 8. King David was a passionate warrior who ran with a crew called the Mighty Men. 2 Samuel 23, 8. King David's heart started to wander after, wander after God gave him multiple wives, money, fame, extravagance, power, influence, and so on. Instead of engaging in combat as he had done alongside his brothers, his Mighty Men, he decided to sit back and enjoy the luxurious life that he had. While his valiant men engaged in battle against Israel's enemies, King David hung out by the pool. While on the pool balcony, Saul lusted after a woman he had not slept with. He already had many wives and she was married. Her name was Bathsheba. He seduced her and got her pregnant. After adding insult to injury, his husband was fighting on David's behalf sacrificing his life to honor the king. David had fallen far away from the man of integrity that God had entrusted so much to. To cover up her sin, David ordered the husband be killed, which he was. Though the, through a prophet, God confronted David. David repented, married Bathsheba, and then the baby they conceived died. Many years later, David's sins revisit his family. One of his sons, Amon, raped one of his daughters, Tamar. Uh, David was furious, but the Bible says he never did anything about it. Tamar's brother, Absalom, wanted David, his dad, to exact justice on Ammon, his half-brother, but he never did it. Why did David not intervene to discipline his own son, Amon? He felt guilty, that's why. He did nothing because who was he to stand up and tell Amon he had sinned when he had done even worse by killing a man after he slept with his wife. Absalom was devastated at David's inaction, so he planned how he could get revenge on his half-brother. Eventually, he kills him in cold blood two years after raping his sister. David's guilt and subsequent inaction made his family situation worse. When he followed God, he was a man of action and integrity. Now he was passive, reluctant, and guilt-ridden. 
After he learned of his son's murders, he moaned but never engaged. Absalom fled the city after the crime. David never reached out to Absalom, yet weeps of his lost relationship in the privacy of his palace. As a result, Absalom's hatred for his David's passivity, uh, his dad's passivity, and lack of engagement grows. Eventually, David's military general steps in to help out the estranged father-son relationship by convincing Absalom to return to the city. For three years after he returned, David refuses to see his son. Why is David acting this way? Guilt. A large self-awareness of his own unworthiness. He was convinced he caused all this havoc in his household in the first place. Absalom, fueled by a father wound, turned the heart of the city away from his dad. He gets an army and overthrows his dad's kingdom. Returning to the sad scene, I started with David and his entire uh, household fled the city. The king was afraid his son Absalom would come to the palace and slaughter everyone by the sword, including David, had he stayed. Along the road he walked, feeling sorry for himself. He was weeping and covering his head because of the shame of his fatherhood faceplants. We are like David, covering our heads because of our sins. Yes, even as Jesus' followers, not engaging, not doing the hard work of fathering when we are needed the most. With heads covered, we decline the invitation from God to engage. We sit in our self-pity and say that they would be better off with someone else as their dad. No mountains are moved on behalf of your household. No prayers are uttered except, God, have mercy on me, a poor sinner. God invites us to join him in declaring words of life over our family, prophesying um, them unashamed. We stick next to David with our heads covered and wonder how we could ever stand up and do that. Look at the mess we've made, we say. We cannot. We are dishonoring God. No good for ourselves and no good for others. Dad guilt is a sin. We need to repent of it. It robs us of, from leading our families. It honors God to receive forgiveness and uncover our head. We must step into our God-given strength as a father. None of us are without faceplants, but only those who uncover their heads and engage become the dads your children need. Praying and prophesying with our head cover means approaching God and others from a shame and guilt perspective. This undercuts more men than probably anything else. We men are passive as we replay our sexual failures, our angry outbursts, our broken promises to our kids, and our long list of other sins. We think we must, we think we must have lived a righteous life for us to be powerful. So we limp along, playing an old, worn-out record on our head, Oh, have mercy on me. At least we are not causing more harm by disengaging in life, but in fact, we are. Our lack of action in the lives of those God has entrusted to us adds insult to injury. Brace yourself, men, because it's about to get real. I'm not talking to the ignorant, the unaware of their sin. I'm talking to you who are very aware of your sin and your failings. Hebrews 10.29 says, How much more severely do you think a man deserves to be punished who has trampled the Son of God underfoot, who has treated as an unholy thing the blood of the covenant that sanctified him, and who has insulted the Spirit 
of grace. Oh, you haven't trampled on anything. You were just feeling sorry for yourself at your family's expense. Stop it. Every day you don't receive full forgiveness and redemption is another day you hurt others through passivity. You will go about your religious activities, covering your head, idling in neutral, and going nowhere. What's at stake? Your life and the life of generations that follow in your footsteps. Guilt and regret rob you of standing in your rightful place as a husband, father, and friend. Jesus has freed you. Mercy triumphs over judgment, condemnation, and accusation. Take off your head covering. Engage with your family in confidence. God the Father is poised to give you strength and courage today if you repent of treating the blood of Jesus like an unholy thing. Satan hates you and has an awful plan for your life. He desires you beleaguered, tired, beaten down, disengaged, and depressed. He has a highlight reel of your fatherhood faceplants on repeat. It is his specialty to keep dads down in the doghouse of life. All the while, our kids and our wives call out to us, We need you. We stay in our doghouse by choice, hurting everyone and ourselves. Aren't you sick of it? I'm done with living like that. Jesus broke death's back, so our sin would never hold us down. The world may say, How dare you? Who do you think you are? We reply, We are the soldiers of our Lord Jesus Christ. We are an unstoppable army. We take ground and we do not give it back. We advance evil retreats. We are new creations who are not bound to allegiance to our old, passive, sin-loving nature. Our hearts are good. Our hearts are new. Our hearts are pure. We love God and love others. We are beloved sons and warriors. We are valiant. We are noble. We are kings. And we are the devil's worst nightmare. We are fathers. That is who we are. Men, Jesus' blood bought back your masculinity and spiritual vitality. It's time for you to take hold of it and live uncovered. Hey, if you like that and you want to pick up a, a copy of Fatherhood Faceplants, just go to Amazon and you can pick up a copy. And that's it. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. Hey, if you did like it, it would be really helpful if you want to send us a review over on iTunes. That would be really cool. And if you want to connect, go over to Instagram, search Troy Mangum or The Kindling Fire, and we can connect there, and that would be a great way to kind of stay in touch. I am doing a YouTube channel, so we do video formats of these podcasts, and we'd love to have you look there. Okay, guys, until next time, be awesome.